Uh, hey, everybody, welcome. It's another brand new sound effects and all those good things. Brand new episode of Because Cannabis every single Wednesday, 4.20 p.m. on YouTube, every Thursday on Spotify and anywhere that you listen to audio podcasts produced and presented by Wayward Media. As always, I am BC Wayman. That's Dustin Kava. Dustin, how are we doing today? I am doing pretty good. Doing pretty good, hanging in there, having a vibe. We are uh, back. It's been a good month, uh, the month of October so far, 2023. Been in and about the cannabis scene. Lots happening in our local cannabis world, in the world of Ohio cannabis stuff. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about today, Dustin. Usually we have some fun intros. Usually we have some fun things. Not today. Today we're all about lots of fun. With lots of people, let's bring in what essentially Dustin Kava has become uh, our little small crew when we go to events. We're slowly working to create some things with Wayward Media. They've both been guests on the show before. Uh, Kevin Roach swagged to the nine, sir. Like you literally, I feel like you have a missed opportunity not having a cup that you may have picked up. <laughs> over the time uh that swag to the nines kevin roach scott mclaren from clee culture uh in the evening time with the green screen background dustin kava look at fancy and fly love you sir hope all is well with you uh welcome everyone thanks for listening at meet wm socially we're gonna do with things i guess not a little bit different today but we got the crew here we've been uh, hitting a couple of live events this summer in this fall concluding just recently with the ohio cannabis health and business summit and all four of us are in the state of ohio all four of us have interest or thoughts or just worlds that revolve around ohio and potentially it's uh, oncoming cannabis legalization and so let's bring some people in kevin and scott and dustin let's talk a little bit about that today have a little more of a a panel discussion i want to talk about my experience hosting a panel i got some thoughts people about having to navigate Four people's thoughts in front of a crowd, but we'll save that in a little bit. Uh, Scott McLaren, first off, uh, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I think I'm on a little delay here. Not a little delay. Oh, that's not. That's not good. A little delay. We can do this, Scott. We can. We're live, so we're gonna make it happen. You can pop out, pop right back in the room. We'll get you. That may help uh, some of the delay. We'll see what Scott's going on at Clee Culture. Follow them on Instagram. Uh, check it out. You been into any uh, fun of non cannabis events lately, Scott? Yeah, um, I have been going to a lot of events at uh, Dunlop's Corner Bar. Um, I got uh, Sundays or some comedy shows I go to um, every Sunday, pretty much um, put on by Ramon Rivas and Tanea Timmons. Um, it's it's a pay what you can. Uh, I, de I definitely suggest uh, checking it out. I mean, it's, uh, it's hard to come by uh, somewhere that's um, that affordable it's happy hour till eight o'clock too so can't uh, can't beat it um doug benson's gonna be there as well i'm gonna check oh, that out yeah look at dunlap um, bringing in uh well i think ramon knows doug from back in the day right i think ramon mm -hmm. and doug's world ramon had a sp uh spit ramon rivas he's a cleveland comedian went out to la he's cannabis centric uh oh, yeah. he kind of fell into that world in los angeles and such and probably got to know doug who's living like doug benson lives if you're not uh, keeping up to date with your 90s comedians and where they are now uh is like living on a off the grid ranch in arizona or some shit and like touring around the country occasionally clearly <laughs> popping acid or doing all sorts of weird things uh for that clearly clearly <laughs> for that all right become doug stand up it's a comedian's name doug i'll shut up 
I think you're right. You know what? I think I am Doug Stanhoping. I think I'm getting my Dugs confused. Oh, snap. <laughs> I'm getting my stoner-centric <laughs> Doug comedians. It is Doug Stanhope that lives off the grid in Arizona in, like, a thing. And Doug Benson probably is fully integrated into the L.A. comedy scene. Still a big get. Famous guys named Doug. Uh, speaking of Doug Benson, he did a really, really awesome episode with our past guest, uh, John, John Grabis, um, or yeah, whatever he, but his fucking episode's pretty awesome. Was he on the Hide Mighty podcast? We just he had John on Grabis the Hide Mighty, the Hide Mighty podcast. podcast, Doug Benson yeah. on there. Uh, check that uh, episode, our interview with, um, Gabris. Gabris, Gabris, that's what it is. John Gabris, we're terrible pronunciations. Is it Kevin Roch? Roch, is that what the name is? <laughs> it's French, actually. Roche Rivera. Uh, Roche. Roche. No, it's Kevin Roche. We're married. Kevin Roach, uh, I guess. <laughs> You are, you are swagged out. If you're watching a video right now, Kevin has clearly attended a trade show or two in his time and uh, grabbed as much swag off the tables as possible from the Ohio Cannabis Health and Business Summit. You're looking good, sir. Who are we representing today? Oh, buddy. I, <laughs> I feel like you just um, want to race and every person I, just threw their shit on top of you. As soon as you were done, they're like, oh, no, let's get him in the hat. Let's get him the shirt. That's what you look like right now. I'm a, I'm a, I feel like a Roman general returning on a triumph. Right, I'm going through the streets being processed. I got all the corporate swag on. Uh, let's see, up top, we got an arrow, uh, arrow vaporizer, uh, company hat represented. I think that's Buckeye Relief. Okay, uh, I got the Migs County store. <laughs> like, this is my favorite hat, but this is the Migs County grown. They're nice, I like them. Uh, we got Vibe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, vibe. I was wondering yeah, how right. that was pronounced. Vibe. V-Y-B. V-Y-B-E. Vibe. Come on, man. Yeah. All right. All right. I-E-I-O-U and sometimes Y. Right? So it's Vibe, and they're an extraction. It's an edibles company. And they're, like, up in Massachusetts, and they're doing a bunch of other stuff. And then we got, you know, Woodward. You can love it. You can hate it. I don't get it. I, that's a weird I, – I don't understand the slogan, but it's Woodward's. Uh, I got the old – <laughs> I was with you the whole fucking time. How did you get all this shit? I I I was there. I was next to you. I think I got the Woodward shirt, but I don't. A Danish Irish charm. I just get in there and I just talk, and then I walk away and I have things, and I don't know what happens in between. It's. I will say one of the best parts of attending a conference, and I want to talk to you guys a little bit about just what the Ohio Cannabis Health and Business Summit is, but let's get in the swag since we're there and Kevin's dropping his stuff, is getting free stuff. Like, I love getting free stuff. I brought my parents to the cannabis conference this year, and my mother has never been more excited to walk through this place. They got every fly swatter. Every single thing that could be given away was given away. Uh, in fact, they were super excited. Blaze Away was a big hit. Three full-size bottles of the Blaze Away <laughs> from David Millet giving out samples there for that. I didn't oh, get yeah. as much stuff. I'd say my biggest get uh, is this little mini speaker from the botanist uh, chain there, right? A little mini Bluetooth speaker there. I spun the wheel and won that uh, for that. We give us out to Ascension Biomedical. Ascension Biomedical, I've shouted them out before. We got a little little tray and little grinder from them kind of thing. I didn't even realize what this was till today. I thought it was just a standard uh, tube to put it in, but Canatrack, which I believe is an accounting software, not the glass, uh, you know, device for any consumable that you may want to consume in that area. You know, one, not a one hitter. 
Yeah. It could be no, a whistle. Right. It's a whistle. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's whistle. A, dog whistle. a glass dog whistle. <laughs> <laughs> Playing a lovely tune there. Oh, I am obviously truly, uh, I won the coffee mug. But I got to talk about the real secret idea when it comes to freebies at these conventions. Um, and that's the samples, right? So Ohio is a uh, legal <laughs> medicinal state, but it is not a legal adult use state. So our cannabis conventions are very much in a business to business aspect or in the business to, to customer. It's an informational aspect. This isn't the hash bash. This isn't a cannabis cup. This isn't clouds in the air all over the place. These are, you know, more traditional settings of what you think trade shows and conferences, there's consumption on site, but there is legal cannabinoids in the state of Ohio, all Delta 8 CBD and such. So all these legal cannabinoid companies and much less, I think, than previous years, they give out little samples, little samples of a chocolate, little bites, little samples of, you know, this, maybe a gummy here, maybe a pre-roll there. Uh, but you got to be careful with those things, uh, Dustin Kava, I've heard, I heard Dustin Kava may have had a moment or two where he may have had no names, please a sample chocolate. And it may have been a bit much. I, <laughs> <They're> <laughs> Dustin, I should have done. he's like, you told me that in confidence. Man. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, I got fucked up after that show. It was fucked up. It was fucked up. It, I, uh, uh, you don't need to have all the details, but it was all I know. All I, it, the edible was a lot stronger than I thought. I thought maybe it was like a 10 milligram. It was like a 60 milligram and I <laughs> fucking was laid out, laid out. In fact, there was a point towards the middle of it where I was like, I don't think I'm going to smoke anymore. I think I'm done. I think this is it for me. I'm fucking, I'm, I, I'm not interested anymore in cannabis. I got this fucking jokes. I build websites for all the fucking cultivators. I, I, I think I'm out. I think I'm going to accounting or some bullshit. This is And then I talked to BC and BC's like, man, I had to sit in my car for an hour after wanting to leave. I, I did oh. fucking leave. So oh, that's a- I know that he felt my pain there, man. I know that he- on Friday, actually, of uh, Scott, I think you were with me. No, you were at the booth. So Scott was working the Cleveland School of Cannabis booth when I probably had all of my convergence of, you know, maybe a little on-site consumption combined with a couple of samples, combined with being there all day, having just finished the panel. And doing a bit of a swag run at the end, we stopped by the Cleveland School of Cannabis booth. Scott was actually there kind of wrapping up that day. Uh, And I remember specifically, I was talking to another person at the school and a student. And then I went and I reintroduced myself to the person. And he was like, (laughs) you just said that. And I'm like, I'm in a place right now. All right. In a place. And so about 530. And that's when I actually got this Ascension Biomedical stuff. I don't really. It was all happening in that moment. And then I sat, you know, I think I said goodbye, but I sat in the parking lot uh, for about a half hour, 40 minutes, just kind of <laughs> drinking some water and like being getting back in my place. Because the, the sample upon the sample, sample stacking, sample stacking, there's a mathematical science behind it that I am not smart enough to understand. But when they happen and when they smush together all within your <laughs> intestines and bloodstream, there's a multiplication factor sometimes that catches up with you that you just don't realize. Uh, Scott, could you tell when I was talking to you that I was... A little too sampled. <laughs> you look like you were feeling pretty good. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to get where you were, man. I didn't get just enough. Picture sample. me at that exact same moment, <laughs> laying in my bed, going, <laughs> "I don't think I'm doing this anymore. This is fucked up." I can't fucking... 
Dude, I, I can't about how I got zooted in Met Ed Rosenthal on accident. And I was no. like, oh, oh I Ed Rose. All right, go ahead. Oh my god. So like I have just gotten to the con. I am maybe a little previous parking lot type situation. Who knows what I know, but what I'm saying is that I was in a different state. Now, another thing you need to know about me is I like caffeine. I like vitamin D12. I like energy drinks. I have ADHD, so I need stimulants to just like function like a normal person. And I maybe, possibly, could have overdone it that specific morning. So I get there, and I'm walking into the con. I've just talked to one of the fake cops because I'm like, hey, I'm trying to find my film crew. And they <laughs> laughed at me. They, they laughed at me as I was Hey, have you seen my film crew? They're somewhere around there. And they're just like, ah, ah, ah. Welcome to hell. <laughs> I, like, I walked into the con, and then I'm just kind of like turning around. And you know how some people say when they see Sasquatch, things go quiet around them? Like they just have a, like a cone of silence for just a moment. I like stopped, and I felt like this cone of silence as someone just walked past me. I turned. Oh, it's Ed Rosenthal, and I've only read every book he's ever written, and like, oh, he's only a personal hero. Better be cool. Better be real cool. I was not cool. I said, hey. And he turns around, and Ed Rosenthal is a very busy man. And he very graciously turned around and said, hello, and shook his hand, and I said, hi, Ed, I'm a big fan. And then he says to me, are you on the panel today? And I said, no. And he says, well, I am. And then he walks away. I'm like, yep. That's correct. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You. Yes, sir. And I just like faded away. I was zooted and booted. I was, really, oh, dude, it's the weirdest experience. I. That's how I learned that I can't meet famous people, right? It is hard. I'm just going to give them a tip, and that's it. It's hard sometimes to meet them, especially if you are not feeling like your best, right? Because you feel like you're a little looser, and then you realize, you know, you're probably too loose. And then you're dealing with someone who, let's be honest, Ed Rosenthal, the majority of people that Ed Rosenthal speaks to are pretty high. Like, let's be real. He lives in a world of weed. He goes to weed conferences. Everyone that's waiting in line to talk with him looks a little high, right? I mean, so it's his world and his people. So it's kind of like being like working in the tequila industry and you're always drinking. Like people are always in that space. So you kind of get used to that aspect uh my parents showed up as i was talking to ed rosenthal i was like interviewing ed on the spot and my dad shows up and starts taking pictures of me while dustin's <laughs> taking video of me oh uh taking I, pictures of ed rosenthal and i just kind of was like <sighs> but they were like so, so cool and i was so not cool man <laughs> i goofed i goofed real hard bud it happens. Uh, it's easy to do. Did you think anyone, did you, there was way less though this year, I felt like at the Ohio Cannabis Health and Business Summit, like samples. I didn't see any flower. Nope. It wasn't like last year there was pe people had tons of pre-rolls and shit out. And this year I felt like the sampling was a lot, uh, and I don't know if it was yeah. a purpose. I'm going to guess it was purposely pulled back. It was felt pulled back a bit. Yeah, I got, I got last year I got a 500 milligram. You got a 500 milligram last yes, year? you gave me a whole bar. <laughs> I was like, this is fantastic. I was like, I love That's like trick place. or treat. 
It's like <laughs> trick or treat. I when you go to one of these places and you get like a full bar, you're like that house is one you remember, right? You yeah. shout them out. You're like uh, to do that. It's exciting. I was about I to go back. You can't be greedy and go back and get a second uh, bar. You tell your friends about it, though. You tell your friends where to go. Like, oh, I got to go. That dude gives out full bars, right? Like, you got to go smooth them. It's like all Kevin's T-shirts. I didn't get any shirts this year. I had to buy my own shirt, but shout out to uh, Amanda Taylor. Uh, Kevin's walking around in the free T-shirt swag. That's where it's that's, at, that wearable merch. Yeah, buddy. That's the move. I like a T-shirt, all right? I've been spoiled on T-shirts. This Woodward shirt, it's like a premium cotton print-on garment. Listen. This is great. Step the game. Uh, but also, I just want to let this be known to any corporate sponsors. I'm a little weird of shit in the air. Anyway. <laughs> it is something, though. It's hard to notice. Uh, Dustin, you lost your camera there. Buddy. I did. But you know oh, what? Sorry. Fucking Kevin got one of the best ever pieces of swag from Honey Dabber. He got oh, like, yeah. a wooden spoon with a glass fucking attack, like a glass slash wood. Look at how classy this fucking what thing is. What is that? Dude, it is what? the sexiest little handpipe in the world. You got that for world. free? Yeah. This Actually, this is funny. We're talking to Honey Dabber, which I've worked with for a fucking eight years. And the guy comes, looks over at me. He's like, and Kevin, he's like, would you guys like something? And so I'm trying to be reasonable. So I pick out the one hitter thinking like, I'm not going to ask this guy for a fucking $50 handpipe. Kevin looks at him straight faced and goes, I want the handpipe. And the guy was just like, uh... Okay, and hands on the fucking handpipe. This is incredible. I'm going to use this for everything. This is this is something I'm never going to shut up about because this guy is going to get fifty five thousand dollars worth of advertising. I walk underneath a black walnut tree every day of my life when I walk my dog. All right, I got a grove of them. This is actually very special because this is made out of turned black walnut. You know how cool this thing is? Like I'm a wood carver. I understand how cool this thing is. It's incredible. This is something I'm going to give to my grandchildren, right? This is this is art. My name is Kevin William Roach. You're damn right. <laughs> <I do. laughs> okay. Oh, this is incredible. This is art. Um, I'm never going to forget that guy. Uh, Scott, what was your best that much. I have no idea. It's all right. You got it for free now. It's all good. I think it's awesome. Hey, are you going to use it? I, I'm going to use it on like, I don't know, special occasions. Like premium grade, like when you get premium grade concentrate, like high end stuff, that's the only time? Well, on my wedding anniversary. Like wow. this, is, like this is something <laughs> special. All right. I had no idea it like cost money afterwards. I looked it up and I felt terrible. But we got to get this guy on the show because he actually was really interesting. And these are so cool. Uh, that is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was at, when I left the show, I was like, damn, I should have asked for him. But... Well, he's giving all that kind of shit. <laughs> uh, Scott, what did you get? I, you get uh, I got a, a bunch of shirts. Um, some shirts. Uh, a lot of grinders. I got a shit ton of batteries, bro. I got more batteries than I'll ever need in my entire life. I do have. I do. I actually forgot. I got two batteries, I think, too. I forgot to get them out. Battery game was very strong this convention. Man. Very happy about it. I'm a Fat 10 fan. Fat 10 fanatic. I think I got like seven. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I'm always using them. 
know, I got a, I got a metal grinder too. I like the metal grinder. Ooh, ah, metal grinders are harder to come by. They're always, yeah. and I don't blame them. They're always these typical, these plastic ones that I have that essentially, which is the standard. Cause these are like, if you're doing the dirty business here, I know these are probably about $2, two twenty five If you buy like a hundred wholesale, I'm going to give out some prices. Mm -hmm. I bought this stuff. These things are right here. If you look at the rolling trays, once again, the plastic or rolling trays kind of mass produced, I think you're like at a buck 50 or so, $2 if you buy them. But those metal grinders are like three, $4 wholesale to stamp your logo on usually the two to two level one without a, a Keef trap. I've been over yeah, there. It's got the Keef trap and everything. It's official. I got the speaker too. That's all the, the stuff I like. I, gotta... I like the wearable and I like stuff that I'll actually use. Like I got a squish ball. What the fuck am I going to use the squish ball for? Yeah, that's you know, a tough like... one. Dude <laughs> tubes, uh, one uh, holders. Material holders, whatever you want to call them, we call them dupe tubes. That is to me is something that you should people undersell that. I think those are great. I think you can always use more of this because they get dirty, they get old and stuff like that. Uh, batteries, as you guys said, that's something. Wearable is good, but it's expensive. Wearable adds up. Like problem with wearable is those shirts and stuff <laughs> add up. So it becomes like, how do you get to thousands of people? with the lowest cost possible and that's when you get into like stress balls and you get into keychains and shit that no yeah. one wants but it's it's just cheap with your logo and it's this balance when you're on the other side of the table how much money do i spend to give away free stuff for things that is kevin gonna consume woodward and vibe and arrow and all that yeah. i mean hey, but, but the wearable merch yeah. is another generation of actual of advertising on it the the squish ball i throw away you know that's a good point like anything for the wearable, my I people love my. Well, we got the Midwest Canner first that labeled my bud. Uh, mm -hmm. my plug's got what's that say? Something about my, plug, my plug asks me for favors. Your plug asks me for favors. I wear their shirt all the time. Yeah, I, I love that one. shirt. It's got it's again prints on garment. This is the way I know. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? And this is a very strange kind of assimilation, but it's targeted advertisement because the advertisement, the t shirt, the wearable, whatever is a higher value item. So you have to aim that target correctly in the same, aim that target correctly. Sorry, I'm mirrored. <laughs> <laughs> so, like you would with like an algorithm advertisement or something like that. And you have to kind of use that same philosophy of like picking and choosing uh, the people to connect it to, you know? And I agree. Especially something that's worth like a t-shirt. It's got to be, I don't know, seven bucks, 10, 15, something like this, you know? You got to make the right selection. You guys have both, Scott and Kevin, both been on the other side, and you probably have two, Dustin, but on the other side of the table at the conventions. Do you do that? Do you pick and choose who you give your shit to? Yeah. Like, oh, who gets yeah. the higher stuff? Like, the more conversation, who gets, you ever reach down and you're like, you know what? Let me give you, uh, you know, because we do like spin the wheel sometimes. And if, if they land on like a pen, but they're like, cool for whatever reason, I'm like, let me give you a pair of shades with your pen there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you going to do it? You too? put a camera in my face, I'm giving you everything. If you put a camera in my face and you post it on social media, you get the whole thing. I don't care. <laughs> I feel like we got too much. You know what's really funny? Not one of us have mentioned the education of the convention. <laughs> well, look, we're getting there, Dustin. We're let's, <laughs> we'll transition on. All right, I got one more thought on swag. Uh, best time of the day. Hold on, best time of the day to swag run it up is end of conference on the last day. I made a run. At about four o'clock on Saturday, I was there. We'll, we'll get to a transition. I watched the Andrew D'Angelo keynote speech uh, at two o'clock, and the conference was winding up kind of at five. So about three thirty to four thirty, I walked the floor really for the first time all over the place. 
And I got, I got way more than I even brought. I got so people were like, that's where I think the stuff like the speaker and things were normally spin to win. They're like, here you go. Just, they don't want to bring it all back. That's where I got this true leaf coffee mug. Like it was normally a thing and she's walking by and giving everyone their bag and the mug. She's like, here you go. Take one, take one, take one. They're giving it all away because they don't want to bring it back to the office. It's just stuff they're going to use. It's not their budget. So uh, five that's the time. Yeah. Five uh, ounces, you don't have to your car, yeah? Not the best kind of five ounces. The uh, the Ohio Cannabis Health and Business Summit, we had Lenny Berry on a few weeks ago. You can find that show. Uh, we'll put the link in the comments to Lenny talking about how he founded it. And one of the principles and purpose behind the conference is A, low price access for everyone which having free tickets for patients of the program took a simple quick google the code was all over the place having a relatively low cost 35 bucks for two days compared to mj impact which just happened <laughs> in detroit which was like 200 for a day right so you're talking a whole different world and yeah. it is full of access speaking of ed rosenthal speaking of andrew d'angelo full of access to people that you don't normally get to run into and hear from uh ceos and stuff all over there what was uh anyone have a favorite presentation a favorite panel a favorite speaker uh that they saw at the ohio cannabis health and business summit i did not get to see it was really really awesome to hear speak i think uh he just has this presence about him on stage that you're just like He's a guy I want to be friends with. He's a he could just he just has a a authenticity about him that like I don't know is sometimes unmatched by a panel. You hear a lot of passion on the panels, but I think I don't know there was something different about him. I also this year I saw less demonstrations than what I did last year. I don't know if it was because I wasn't running around filming as much into the demonstration areas, but it's definitely something that I, I miss. And I don't even think many people realize to go downstairs and see the demonstrations. Um, the convention's so big and then you walk into the speaker area and it's a whole nother separate section and just getting downstairs sometimes, I don't know. I heard a lot of people this year go, I didn't even know there was a basement. And it's like, fuck last yeah. year, you missed so many demonstrations, get down there now. You know, it's just a, it's a, it's such a neat show for Ohio. It's one of, it's one of the ones I look forward to every year, which is, you know, it says something. How about you, Scott? What was, did you get, you said you didn't get a chance to see much this year. I didn't get the chance to see any. No, I was, I was working it. Do you, I have found, you know what I noticed? Uh, it, it's hard sometimes to get people to sit down at these shows, right? It's, I, mm -hmm. I find that even in the crowds watching the panels, there's a lot of movement in the crowd, right? And so, uh, that part makes it tough to have. I feel like the panels there are in a little bit bigger room. I think I take the panels and put the panels down below, kind of where the workshops are, because they're smaller and more intimate and keep the speakers and the demonstrations up top, which are more stagey and presenty kind of vibe i think that would uh switch it up a bit but it is interesting how many amazing panels come through right if you're into patient advocacy there's a conversation for you if you're into you know business there's a conversation if you're into growing and seed genetics you know you got ed rosenthal talking those stuffs but i gotta tell you as someone uh who has uh moderated a panel or two and we did one this weekend i moderated the uh higher education a lot of great educators here's the problem though uh, you have four people plus myself who all are instructors in the college world in much like Kevin and such like 
you're it's easy to talk. It's easy to talk. We're used to talking a lot. I'm talking a lot right now. So you have five people on stage who are all talkers and you have 45 minutes and they all want to talk about something. So I tried something this year I thought was going to be maybe a little not novel approach, but more like me. I'm a little OCD. I gave them very strict like schedules, right? I gave them like, hey, you have an opening bit, like introduce yourself, give an opening line. You have three minutes. I tried to give them three minutes. Uh, no one could make it. They all <laughs> talked for like six, seven minutes. So basically after their introduction, I'm like 15 minutes behind my schedule for the day. So it's hard. Panel conversations are hard for everyone. Everybody wants to say what they want to say. And it just time sucks up. It's hard some, sometimes. Do you guys like watching panels? Do you get annoyed if someone monopolizes a panel? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Um, but it is moderation is a skill. Like there's a definite skill set that is needed for like because you don't want to be uh, you know a bad host, but you also need to be able to tell people, all right, well that's enough of you. <laughs> I had to cut a couple that. people off. I had to stop a couple people. I found a moment where they would take a breath and they were not done. And they stopped. <laughs> and I I'd have one person in particular, like he stopped. And I just went and I went, all right, Joe, or whatever. What, what's your thought on that? Because he was clearly not dumb, but I knew that he had been talking for a long time. And so I was, I, I was, I just don't there. understand why they don't have the fucking countdown clock above them. You got the projector there. And then I want it beeping loudly right when it gets down to four seconds. I am know, like, come on, dude. It's got to be like a comedy club. Like you got a light in the back, right? And you got to like light it and be like, hey, you got a minute. You got to wrap it up. Uh, but that's yeah. hard for some people. Can I share something with you? Yeah. This is, this is a principle of communication and mass communication, especially, that I kind of like picked up. And it comes from engineering. My dad was an engineer. And this engineering thing is a project is not done until you can take like the most away. Once you've taken everything away as much as possible, then it's finished. The same thing as being like a professional orator, like we all are. You have to know when to speak. And most importantly, I think, when not to. When when to, because to turn the tap on is very important, more important. How do I turn the tap off? I can take this plane off. How do I land it? Landing it is way harder and way more important a skill than being able to actually open up. See, people think about communication as just, well, they don't. That's actually. And so <laughs> you have to think about statements in a way that you're bringing things up, you started off like I did with that principle of engineering fit, and now how I'm ending it is not <laughs> A professional oration given by a heavily swagged out <laughs> Kevin Roach, Scott McLaren, uh, Dustin Kava. Dustin, I know you got to go soon. Hey, I want to talk a little bit before you go, Dustin, and then we'll talk some more when, when you're gone about issue two coming up here in Ohio. So we live in a world. We live in a world like movie trailer. All four of us. You know, most people that we speak with, including at the Ohio Cannabis Health and Business Summit, they're in the cannabis world and they're all pro legalization of cannabis. I have seen in my neighborhood for the first time some vote no's, seen a lot of no on issue ones, issue one's a pro choice uh, thing. We don't need to get into that. So I get how people are more no against that or yes against that. There's, I guess I get that. But I've seen some no's to issue two and that's it like not a combo no i get a combo no you're just against freedom of choice whatever buddy i, I can't help you but a no strictly 
against cannabis. I saw that yard sign in there and I went, wow, that dude really just doesn't want people smoking weed. But I got one big riff or one big complaint about the uh, movement for the, the legalization. Their yard signs, they're too big and they're green and they're hard to see. They're hard mm. to see. Mm. They've, they've made longer, wider yard signs out of plastic material, cost measures, because uh, and they're green. And I find them difficult to see when driving down the road. I got the largest, like, six-foot-tall vote no on oh, cannabis my. fucking thing. It's like, keep your mind clear. And it's, like, as big <laughs> as my fucking house. And so, like, I... Yeah, I gotta. It's you're yeah, like it's one like, of those dude who's like into like one of those Trump flags though, like just biggest as biggest as you can make your message as possible. There's no you're like a Florida and, guy. And not only that, but they put flags. it like four inches from the road, not like in their yard. It's like in the side yeah. of the fucking berm. Like they're like, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna think this is a stop sign, but it's, it's almost, a, you're like, am I gonna run into this thing? I'm not yes, sure. What's happening. Yes. It's so close. I was feeling like a marathon, like I was going to go through it. <laughs> are you guys yard sign people i i'm struggling i want to support the cause but i'm so anti-yard sign that i don't know what to do right now dude my street, i can't like i you know like i'm, I'm the only person out. in my neighborhood with one do you have a yes on issue two up yeah i don't see any no's but i'm the only person with a yes they already know what's up though with me they can smell it <laughs> they see the four pill lights coming out your window. <laughs> I'm not letting anybody know shit they don't know already. So, <laughs> you do have to think about it, right? Like, we talk a lot, Dustin, about the cannabis closet. When you put the vote yes on issue two sign in your yard, you are effectively letting your neighbors know weed gets smoked here, bro. Like, that's just when you put <laughs> yep. it out. Very few people. I mean, look, I've been at the school. Kevin's been there. We've been there long enough to know that there are a few folks who come through and are interest, interested who aren't consumers, right? That number is small, though. Like, that's a very, very small number. And I think if you're going to go that extra measure, like – there's no person who puts a giant, uh, speaking of giant Trump flag, who's just like a moderate conservative, right? You're just like, it's not a moderation thing. You're all in. So if you put the weed sign, if you put the vote yes on issue two, uh, you're all in on that. You right, ought to uh, know. Yeah. I got to run, guys. Gotta thank, you. Dustin. thank you. Thank Dustin. you. Uh, take care, buddy. Hope it's all as well. We'll see you on the next episode of Because Cannabis. Take care, buddy. All right, yeah. Kevin and Scott. So uh, <laughs> running away. So you guys are obviously voting yes on issue two. Have you had the conversations about the voting and the reasons with like non folks? Have you had to justify why people should vote yes? Or is everyone you around it? Like, how are you dealing with that? I've had my first conversation about it. And I'm curious if you guys have had to convince people, prove otherwise that they should vote yes on issue two. I live in a bubble. Yeah. I, I, I want to say that I've gone out and I've evangelized and I've converted so many people, but I think it's just by the virtue of the people I'm around all day, everybody's on board, right? <laughs> you know, maybe that gives a deceiving idea of the reality. I want to feel like, you know, everybody is on board. And I feel like most Americans are, but... I don't really run into these people that are not. And that's also because I live in Cleveland. I work full time, six days a week in cannabis. All the people I talk to are working in cannabis. It's, you know, my life is painted green. 
And so that makes sense. And I feel very much like I'm trying to make too important of a point to be wearing this hat right now. <laughs> but yeah, I, have, I haven't gotten any converts yet. Everybody seems to be pretty happy about it. Um, and I don't, I think the group of people who are anti-marijuana are a very small, but very loud, and their numbers are getting smaller every year. Yeah. But I, yeah, because I just don't see it. Who are these squares? Who are these squares? Where are they? Are they in Ashland? I don't know. Ashley, all the squares. Well, I think I know uh, you do a great read out there. Shout out to Ashley, but you know what I'm saying. You know, I, I've been to Ashley. They're they're squares. I'm uh, just kidding. Maybe not. I've had one conversation. Uh, not great. It's cheese barn, son. I, I, it was a. Uh, <laughs> I had a conversation with somebody about the uh, packaging. They're upset with the uh, the, the bright colors for because uh, it could attract children. Um, but my argument more is like they make Starburst energy drinks. A kid drinks one of those. You know, I mean, it's going to do a lot more damage. Uh, I mean, alcohol, they have uh, Arizona iced teas that are alcoholic, you know, bright colors. And if the color pink makes your kid eat an edible, that's a parent issue. You know? <laughs> so, well, it's, it's that, 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 that was a conversation that we had, but it was only one. It was only one. And it was it wasn't even that heated. You know, it wasn't like they were just kind of kind of like, well, what about the packaging? That conversation is, to me, when you get into that, I do step back a little bit and say I think sometimes it's a parent issue. Like, it's the same thing with the Tide Pods. Those things happen. But I'll tell you, you got a point when it comes to the alcohol. I was uh, in the store. Well, it made me think, when you said that, it made me think of uh, there is a viral story about some bus driver lady that got busted for drinking on the morning. And she had a White Claw. And she was like, I didn't know it was a White Claw. I'm like, yes, you did. You knew it was alcohol. Like, you knew it was alcohol. There's never been a White Claw. But there are some energy drinks, um, sorry, some alcohol, like the pre-mixed ones and such that are kind of the the, the liquor-based ones, the mocktails or cocktail ones that are very bright and very colorful. And next to an energy drink, they're very indistinguishable between the two. I mean, you can tell as soon as you taste it if it has booze in it, but – the packaging design in the alcohol, like single serve can, has become very bright, very colorful, very indistinguishable from an energy drink. So, I don't know how you can tell the difference. As a so a perspective as a Pennsylvanian, right? When I grew up in Pennsylvania, uh, they have a different liquor and alcohol oh, right. law structure, in yeah. which you know kids are never going to be in an environment where you are selling these things. It's either going to be like at a special a state-run liquor store, or it's going to be a specialty beer and wine shop where a, a child would never have access to that kind of thing. It's the same deal with dispensaries, though, isn't it? Now, once that bottle gets home to your parents' house, I'm not going to pretend, by the way, that I didn't spend a good majority of those teenage years in Pennsylvania nearly dead in a cornfield off of some strawberry liqueur, all right? Like, I'm not going <laughs> to say I wasn't drinking Vladimir Vodka and fruit punch, right? Like, there's a responsibility of, per- there's a personal responsibility aspect to it, of course. And like we said, a parent issue, but also, you know, just an education issue, right? Like, I was not really 
<laughs> so you, you educate the kids. I'm like, okay, this is what this is. Don't take this unless certain circumstances or if medical circumstances in Ohio or, you know, you're above 21 and you're some other state. But, you know, you got to talk to them. You know, it's, it's, it's never simple. Or lock it up. Just lock it up like you would a pistol, right? Lock it up like your liquor can. This isn't hard. We've already figured out these solutions, right? We don't need to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> We've done the solutions already there. Let's just apply it from other areas where we've used it. I think kids these days, I often hear like you on Reddit or somewhere and kids these days complain about how hard they have it. And it's like kids do and how easy their parents have it. I tell you right now, kids, kids these days, you have so many more easier ways to get fucked up that it's unfair. Oh, yeah. You know how hard it was for people my age to get a little buzz on? You know how we had to steal it and the type of poor beer we had to drink? You can go right now to a gas station and buy about 19 things that can rock your world in 16 seconds compared to how we had to go. The dirt weed, we, that's my old man on my lawn. Mm. Kids these days, it is so easy to get a buzz on if you're young compared to what we had to go through to uh and hide you know. it too man they got the pens now yeah everything like they can conceal it there's no there's no risk involved Eat. they Bullshit. buy little those little samples little d8 things that we me and dustin ate that got a little messed up on you can buy those gummies in the gas station oh shout out i did not i do not have them here um there's a d8 company that was at the convention that's selling a hundred they sell these in the store 100 milligram d8 gummies the heavy hitters as they call them that's some powerful, but that's legal. Like you could buy that right, stuff right wait, now wait. today. Wait a second. I just, I, I need to give you a quote. Okay. okay. Can I give you a quote? Uh, so this is from Socrates. Uh, and this is giving the exact same complaint. The children now love luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority. They show disrespect for elders and love chatter in places of exercise. Children are now tyrants, not the servants of their households. They no longer rise when enter, elders enter the room. They contradict their parents, chatter before company, gobble up dainties at the table, cross their legs, and tyrannize their teachers. And the point I'm trying to make by saying that whole Socrates quote I just had to look up is that this is a universal historical phenomenon and that no matter what era you are in, you are going to feel that way about a younger generation. All right. And like, they're actually, the kids are all right. They're fine. They're doing, they're, they're having just as hard a time as anybody else has ever had because nobody has any child. That is an I interesting way to look at it. Though. Kids are all right. <laughs> you know? Uh, be I would have killed for the, the opportunity to, uh, to, to not reek and have to, because yeah, uh, right. I didn't know. When I was a kid, I, I just wanted to everywhere. <laughs> just reeking. I had no, I, I didn't use any cologne. There was no gum. It was just. Even like the, uh, even like the tobacco consumers, right? We had to smoke mm -hmm. cigarettes and we got busted for that. Like everyone smoked cigarettes when I was young, but nowadays you just get the vape and just all the smells. Yeah. No work, no work to smell your, to disguise your high. You don't got to put it through a toilet paper with a paper towel. Remember like toilet paper roll with like a lint thing, like oh, a lint yeah. thing on oh, the end and you blow yeah. it through. To get rid of that smell like you don't got to do that shit you don't got to put towels under the doors and open up the window and fan it out and hope that no one smells it because you just take a quick hit of your little freaking pen and you're like oh i'm good no one knows you take one of your quick gummies uh and you're good to go i don't know it's interesting though uh how they go it do you guys think issue two is gonna pass 
first off, I do just want to say, you know that the initial plans for vaporizers were thought up in the 1970s in the era of both your childhood. And so, like, so, you know, it was there, too. You just didn't see it. Because they have yeah, access. Yeah, but that's also like they have things going on. That's like anything, though, right? Like anything, California, you go out west, they had both the cooler fashions and the cooler weed before it makes its yeah. way to I mean, central yeah. Ohio. There's things I'm learning about recently in the industry, in our industry, that someone was like, man, we've had that in LA for like five years. I'm like, oh, well, that's well, exciting. Thanks, California. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, what were you saying? Issue, issue two. Do you think it's going to pass? Uh, yeah, that's tentative. Yeah, I think I do, but I'm on guard. Yes, that's how I feel as well. I concur, Scott. Uh, it may pass, I want it to, but I do not. There's going to be some malarkey, there will be malarkey. malarkey. We're going to have to avoid the malarkey. Because if it passes, the establishment is not going to be happy about that. They're going to try and interfere and intercede. And just because the vote passes does not mean the fight is over. And I don't want people to lose the fire. That's a great point. Until every state is legal, until there's a federal law, until there's federal protection, until every inmate is free, every smoke you smoke is an act of protest right and we got to keep that fire moving we have to keep that alive until there's a federal law until every prisoner is free until every thing is the way it should be i'm not trying to rhyme here i'm just trying to tell you that like because we win a vote does not mean it's over all right it's over when the fat lady sings sorry the large person sings but you understand what i'm trying to get into with this sentiment is that it'll be over when it's over just because you you shouldn't need to vote right i'm looking right down the pipe of the camera you need to vote but be on guard as well because just because if we win this vote and if you vote we're going to win this vote i want to remind you that california's 1996 medical marijuana law prop 19 only passed by like three percent of a vote okay it's always that with marijuana votes it's always three four percent yeah, it's, it's never like 80%. That shows up, all right? And we need you, the lunatic fringe, to show up. But just because you do doesn't mean it's over. It's just mean it starts. Sorry. No, it's a great point, though. And it's funny to bring it back around to the beginning. When you're at a conference like the OCHBS, because it is a bit sanitized and because it is a bit professional, you do forget sometimes that every you know, time that I eat a malted milk ball, that it is a bit of an act of protest. And I was like, this is just a yummy pumpkin spice malted milk ball. But no, Kevin Roach says it is a protest. It's a protest bite. Um, yeah, it does think about that. You forget sometimes the fight. That's a great point, Kevin. And you do forget sometimes the fight. You forget sometimes the argument. You forget sometimes that, like, vibe of it, right? Yeah, there's people still in a concrete square because of this. Hell in a concrete square away from their families. I mean, don't mean to bring it into a bummer, but like the fight's not over, okay? <laughs> we still have a lot of work to do. Now, if we win the vote in Ohio, that signifies no ending. That only signifies the beginning. That is the opening bell to the fight for recreational cannabis in Ohio, right? We've won the vote. Now we have to build a system 
that works for all of us, that works for Ohio. We have to build a system that doesn't put people at an immediate disadvantage. We have to build a system where we can all prosper from it, right? The moment we vote and we pass that bill, that's the opening bill of the fight, round one. <laughs> and we're going to have to dance up. all night, man. That's the kind of, we can't keep up with that passion, Scott. Kevin's fired up right now. I know. Got to get my shit together. Got to get your shit together. You got to get out there. You want to get the, the people going. I, 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 I meant to talk about this. Uh, I meant to talk about this in the beginning, Kevin. How's your book coming? The book is done. Is right? it really? Yeah, the book is done. We are looking at the final little uh, cover selection. All right, so the book has been written. We're just doing a little cover selection bits now, and I'm looking to do an Amazon Kindle release uh, at the end of the month. I have, you know, if not today, this was today the 18th was my preemptive release date, the one I wanted to hit because it's my 34th birthday. But we're now looking at the end of the month. All right, and so that's what we're doing. Uh, so we will look for it soon on Amazon Kindle. Uh, <laughs> Oh, one thing I noticed, I'm doing this self-publishing. I was writing this book and I got really tripped up on word count. And then I realized I have to release this on Kindle. And page count means nothing. Because you can zoom in and out of the size of the page and that changes the size, of, you know, how many pages are in your book. So page count means nothing. Dude. <laughs> I got to wrap my head around that for a second, but you are right. It is becoming... Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but but so anyway, it was something like twenty-eight thousand word. Oh, I don't have a word count right here in my hands, but like we're getting there. We're getting there. It's, we should be looking for that uh, end of the month, November. Look that from Amazon, Kevin Roach. Uh, I'm thinking I'm going to release it under Kevin W. Roach because it turns out there's like a really famous, well-accomplished architect that's going to overshadow me in everything I ever do. And his mm. name is Kevin Roach, so i got to give the initial. <laughs> hey, even Michael B. Jordan had to do it. There's always somebody yeah. maybe more famous than you with your name. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, look for the Spring Creek Shake to search for the secret Appalachian cannabis culture out on Amazon Marketplace soon coming to you. I'm excited to learn. We'll have to talk about that more when we get you back on to talk about it. I'm excited to read that, Kevin. I'm looking forward to uh, learning more about that. Scott, what do you got going on? Anything exciting coming up? Uh, yeah, this Friday I'll be at uh, Halloween Havoc. Again, it's at uh, Dunlop's uh, Corner Bar at 8, 8 p.m. It's 12 bucks, a bunch of local uh, artists there. I'm going to go see Mellow Man Funk and West Side Low. Those are two that I like a lot. Um, just Just being out and about. I don't know. You're literally just throwing words. You could have made up those names for all I know. Like they could have been made up band names for all I know. I assume those are bands. That's how out of touch I am. I'm like, okay, that sounds good. There could be strain names. I don't know. You could just be making shit up. They could be strain names. It does sound like a strain name. Where's that West Side look? That's great. That's good. This reminds me, just because it's Halloween time before we go, do you guys do haunted houses anymore? I want to. I want I need uh, um, the kids think they want to, but they ain't ready. No, like, yeah, the jump out of the monsters, the people dressed up, haunted houses, pay money to go get scared thing. Like, it is, it's not for me. I agree with you. I have kids that think they want to go, and they do not know 
I can't let him go because I'm the one that's got to stay up with him later at night because he can't yeah. go to bed because people in mass jumped out at him. Uh, plus, I'm not waiting in line. I'm not waiting in line to be scared. I'm not yeah, waiting 30, 40 that. minutes. <laughs> this is a terrible idea. Who wants to stand for an hour just to have someone <laughs> scream at you? I would, and most of the time, they're for like charity. I went there for charity. I'd rather just give you the $20. I'd rather just say, oh, I'll fill the Halloween bucket. I don't need yes. to get shouted at by a stranger. I don't. Look, man, I, uh, you know, I love horror movies. It's my favorite form of media. I'm doing the 31 for 31 horror movie a night for October Challenge. But I like having the screen in between me and Leatherface, you know? Like, I need that screen between me and Jigsaw for me to feel comfortable. <laughs> there is something when it breaks. All right, I got to tell you this quick story, then we'll go. It's my favorite haunted house moment. I worked in a haunted house for two years. I volunteered when I was down in Columbus. So I worked at this haunted house uh, and there's a lot of stories from that. But my favorite memory ever was kind of standing up by the ticket booth. And there was like maybe six, seven, eight porta potties all in a row mm -hmm. here. And it was a pretty busy season. And so the porta potty lines, they, they move like porta potty lines do, you know, they're mixed gender and they just kind of take some time slower or whatnot. And this one line just wasn't moving. It just wasn't moving. I don't know how long. I don't know how long this guy worked a bit, but for at least 10, 15 minutes, this one line wasn't moving. And some kid, young kid, baby 12, 13, 14, walks up to the line. Like he's kind of first and he walks up to the door and he kind of jiggles on it and he walks away. And it says like they people are talking about this whole thing. This kid goes back up to grab it it's been about a 20 minute i swear it's been at least 20 minutes that it's been sitting there which feels like a long time for someone to stand in a porta potty but out of nowhere this kid goes back up and he kind of jiggles the handle again and gosh darn it if a dude who worked there dressed in full coveralls jason mask with the chainsaw without the chain comes barreling out that <laughs> porta potty just <laughs> full just in your face thing this kid i've never heard a more blood curdling whatever bathroom he had to go was lost i'm sure in his pants i've never yeah, heard a blood curling scream in my life and then props to the dude who worked the bit standing in a porta potty for who knows how long maybe he was really just using it and decided to work it at the end but it was one of the greatest jump scares I have ever witnessed because you don't expect it. You know, once you get in the line and people are inside the house in the porta potty, you don't expect it. And this guy was great. He was a good line worker. You ever see the guy that works the line, usually goes after the cute high school girls. He's got the chainsaw without the chain and just, you know, kind of works the line, gets him going. It was that guy, but he nailed the coming out of the porta potty bit to perfection. And it's still this day, it's been 25 years. And that memory is singed in my head, watching that kid scream and kind of crawl away. And this guy That's just incredible. owned the moment. That's incredible. DC. It was I got, terrifying. I, I, mean, I have stories. I didn't know we were going to talk about this. We can talk about it. Yeah. I got punched in the face working at one of those ones. <laughs> I, I had to do a bit where I was wearing like a all black, like a Bunraku Japanese puppet show. And then I had just like a white mask on that glowed okay. in the dark. And so people had to go through a doorway that was a dead end. And then I'm hidden in an alcove and I step in front of the exit real quick as they see me. Okay. And then I like fade back into the shadows. All right. All right. I get it. This, I did that. This kid turned around and he was like all of 12 years old. So I can't retaliate at all. He just popped me right in the face. <laughs> He's like, and then I can't say anything because I'm like a shadow race or whatever. So I'm just like. <laughs> kind of go way back into the background. I like your I commitment to character. 
Dude, yeah, I'm wearing like a plastic Jason mask too. So it's like I can't like it's a kind of protected me, but I was like, I can't. Yeah. There's but a hierarchy to working in those places for like the rooms. Like the people who've been there the longest get the cooler rooms and do those things. I was always stuck working like lame rooms, like without great costumes, because you were like new new person on the block, so to speak. Were you like the guy chained to the wall? Like <laughs> Or was that you? Yeah, or, I worked. I remember working for one winter or one season, like in the bat room. It was just a wear whatever mask you want. It was more the theme of the room, which was just a bunch of rubber bats and black lights. Like it was just a, it was a room that they ran out of <laughs> creative ideas, and so nobody wanted to work the bat room because there was no theme. You just grab anything scary. You just got a pop. It's a black light triggered pop up and go. But there was just no, there was no theme. You'd rather be the thematic room where you are the person, and there's a mad scientist, and there's a whole skit. Here it's just you got you got to be a we're we're in between themes so just pop up and scare them. You're like oh there's no there's no motivation like what's my what's my mantra here why do I want to scare these people what is my backstory is my creature like how have I grown up how was I neglected like there's none of that just raw you get the sore throat though you get the raw throat that's the one thing you do way more like raw it takes its toll on you after a while then you kind of think of different ways to say raw and ooh and odd you know acting kevin what what am i gonna do all right fellas uh <laughs> this has been because cannabis we're gonna end on a bit of a whimper but hey uh thank you everyone for checking out scott mclaren in one box we got kevin roach in another box dustin kava here earlier talking to the ohio cannabis health and business summit uh we'll put some links on there thank you guys for joining me today got a quick show between you know things going on but appreciate you guys joining us wrapping it up and all the stuff that we have uh been doing together and working on any final words from either one of you no no i follow me on social media at kevin w roach r-o-c-h-e uh thank you so much for your time and attention make sure you all go right everyone vote. take care make sure go you out vote. 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 vote clean culture <laughs>